Attention Hillsborough County, Unit 100 is now present. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support, protect, and defend. I repeat, Unit 100, your Sheriff, Chad Cronister, is now here. And I will well and faithfully perform the duties of Deputy Sheriff, on which I am about to enter, so help me God. And now, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office brings you Keeping It 100 with Sheriff Chad Bronister. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Keeping It 100. I'm your host, Marissa Lynn. Today, we have a different episode. We're going to be taking a look inside of our jails and the the several programs that we have that are offered to the inmates to hopefully better their lives and prepare them for life after incarceration. As always, we have our sheriff, Sheriff Chad Cronister. Thank you for being us, being with us today. How are you? Hello, everyone. I'm wonderful, and I couldn't be more excited to speak about this topic and have Darlene here today, who's just our, our program coordinator, uh, all-around guru. So very exciting topic to be able to be discussed here today. Yeah, so Darlene Hansford, she is joining us. She is our guest for this episode of the podcast. She's the Director of Services and Programs at the Department of Detention Services here at HCSO. Darlene, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Hi, Marissa, and thank you, Sheriff, for, for doing this for this important topic. The amount of programs, it's dozens and dozens that we offer to the inmates. You know, it's faith-based, it's um, substance abuse, uh, obviously the Veterans Resurgence Program, et cetera, et cetera. I guess this is a question for both of you, and I'll start with you, Sheriff. Why, why should the public care about the amount of programs that we offer inmates to hopefully better their lives? Uh, you, you said it perfectly. We're, we're, we have an opportunity to improve someone's life, whether it's faith-based. Maybe it's a basic life skills uh, course. Maybe it's an addiction course, uh, uh, type of treatment program that we'll get into uh, later here. Uh, mental health that so many individuals are suffering from. We have a program for everyone. And Darlene, how would you go about answering that question? Why should the public care? Well, the biggest reason to care is nobody stays in jail forever. County jails are, by their nature, a temporary residence for everybody. People booked into the jail are either sent to state prison, transferred to another jurisdiction or treatment program, or they go back into our community. So they're coming back, uh, back to live where, where they came from. And last year, there were over 39,000 bookings in the Orient Road Jail. The average daily population last year was 3,000 inmates. The vast majority of those men and women were released right back into our community. Mm -hmm. Rehabilitation through education, treatment programs, job skills, and religious services just make sense both socially and financially. If we can reduce recidivism at the local level by providing services to inmates, we create less victims, send less inmates to state prison, and we as taxpayers pay less to incarcerate inmates. FDOC estimates it costs $23,000 a year to incarcerate a state prisoner and that doesn't count what we pay in the county jail. And, and I want to thank the sheriff for supporting these programs and understanding what it means to help these people because they're getting out. Wholeheartedly, and, and she said it perfectly. They're coming back to our community. They're not going to disappear somewhere on some special island. They're coming back. Well, we all talk about truly breaking the cycle of recidivism. That's why we do this. So these programs significantly impact and, and I'm so excited as we get into each program and the impact that will have on an individual's life but this is how we're going to break that cycle of recidivism here in the county this is how we're going to keep our crime rate low in Hillsborough County and again the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office offers more than 40 programs to inmates um, substance abuse faith-based educational mental health based 
Uh, Darlene, you see, oversee these programs. How effective have they been with the inmates? I think the programs and services offered in the jails have been extremely effective in providing inmates with the education, tools, and skills to successfully reenter our community. The HCSO treatment counselors, case managers, chaplains, our clerical support staff are all dedicated professionals who truly believe in what they do to prepare inmates to reenter the community. They facilitate, as you were saying, Marissa, the substance abuse treatment program, domestic violence prevention program, parenting classes, a plethora of life skills classes. Our chaplains provide uh, personal, individual, spiritual guidance and counseling to inmates. And how are these inmates able to sign up for these programs? I know we've talked about, between you and I, we've talked about the kiosk. Is that, is that essentially how they're able to volunteer to sign up for these services? Absolutely. We provide a kiosk in every pod in the jail, including our confinement units. So the inmates can sign up. They just go on, go on the computer, sign themselves up. They can also send a request slip to us uh, if, if for some reason they're having trouble getting onto the computer. So there's a various ways um, of getting them onto the programs. And, and we also, in addition to the programs offered by Team HCSO, the Hillsborough County Public Schools provide teachers that teach juveniles K-12 to and our adult men and women in the jails of GED class. We I also have over... I think that's important just to focus on here for a minute. We created a separate juvenile pod. Well, these juveniles are going to go on to be adults and still right. coexist here, uh, again, in our community. Darlene's done a wonderful job of making sure, you listen, you're here. For whatever reason, we can't help why you're here. Why not get educated while you're here? And, and, and maybe speak on that a little bit, uh, uh, the participation and, and how successful that, that program has been. Yeah, so the GEDs, at one point, we did more GEDs in the county jail than they did in the county. That, that's back when the jail was highly populated. The numbers have been a little bit less, but we have eight teachers on site. So the Hillsborough Public Schools dedicate staff to help these inmates. They get their GEDs while in jail. The juveniles, uh, some of them get their traditional K-12 education, and some of them go on to college afterwards. And Sheriff, to sort of segue into the some of the particular programs that are offered, you have been so passionate, and I've only been here about a year, but you've been so passionate about some of these programs, most of these programs, I should say. Um, why is this such a, an important thing for you as sheriff to make sure that these inmates have these services and programs to, to improve their lives? Well, it's just not the humanity factor because it's what we should be doing, but it's the, it's the, it's the factor where we're, we're changing, we're saving people's lives. They're going to be reintroduced back into our community, and this is an opportunity for them to change that that course of criminal behavior, whatever has led them here, and let them know that, hey, listen, someone cares, and there's another opportunity and a different way of life. And so I want to start by talking about some of the particular programs. The first one is the Veterans Resurgence Program. Um, this was definitely your brainchild. Um, this program was launched just over a year ago. What led you to create this program specifically for inmates who have served our country in the armed forces? My uh, grandfather raised me, and he was a World War II veteran. And I had always grew up uh, phenomenal, had such a positive, significant impact in my life. But he always spoke about the struggles, how, they trans how he transitioned back into society and how, how difficult it was even to transition back into his own family. So <clears throat> as I became the sheriff, I'm like, hey, now I have a platform. I have an opportunity. And that always resonated with me like, hey, listen, we, 
why aren't we doing more for our veterans? We have more veterans living in Hillsborough County than anywhere else in the state of Florida, than anywhere else in the country. Why not provide an opportunity to those vets who served our community and now are suffering that as a result of that service to be able to help them transition back into society, whether that's with addiction treatment, whether that's with mental health treatment, or again, if it's back to how to balance a checkbook and some of the basic life skills that some of us take for granted. And these veterans, they have their own pod, Darlene. Uh, They have a pod that has the insignia insignia of, of all of the branches of the armed forces. Um, what exactly are the services maybe different from some of the other programs that are offered specifically to these veterans? Sure, and, and the insignias were painted by one of the first participants in the program. So we, we bought the paint supplies, and it's, it's beautiful in there. That is some it tremendous is. You, you artwork. You walk in there, and you immediately get that overwhelming sense of pride. Yeah. Every time you bring up a, a vet's branch of service, it doesn't matter how low they are, they immediately smile and get that overwhelming sense of pride. So they have, a, they each have a flag of service over their bed. But Darlene, working with the inmates that were there, that were a part of this original program, and the insignias that they've painted, the, uh, almost like a mural mm-hmm. painted, uh, I get goosebumps every time I walk into the pod. Yeah, it's it's tremendous in there. The environment is calming. It gives them some support, and they're able to get their pride back from the time they served in the military and they're able to help each other it's veterans helping veterans i can't pretend to know what they what they're suffering or mm-hmm. uh what's ailing them but they can talk there's so much group therapy that occurs each and every day formal and informal and i think it's veterans helping veterans even veterans uh, darlene's made some tremendous progress where some of the veterans even teach some of the courses mm-hmm. they study the they study the curriculum and now they're teaching uh, the, and so I think that helps them heal. That's a that's a that's a part of therapy as well. And the curriculum that, that they have there, what what are some of the courses? What are some of the things that they're taught inside that pod? So they do some life skills classes. Okay. The first step in this this por- this program is very important to the sheriff. We had to pick the right people, so we picked a, 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 a treatment counselor, Frank Pressy, who served twenty years in the military. He was in the U.S. Army and in intelligence. While he was in there, he got his degree in social work. So he's somebody who cared about giving back. The deputies assigned to that pod also, for the vast part, are, are veterans themselves, so they understand the need to give back. So in there, Frank teaches them life skills training, which is personal money management, employability skills, how to get a job when you, when you get out, how to do an interview, and um, pathways to change, thinking about why you're here, what you did to get here, and how to change that. We also, uh, as the sheriff mentioned, the, the inmates learn how to facilitate those classes as a, as a leadership tool, and they, they turn around and teach each other, sure. support each other in there. We also have a morning physical exercise every Monday to Friday that they participate in. Uh, the mental health and substance abuse reads nest, risk and needs assessment is uh, completed. NAFCAR, our medical provider, does uh, courses in there for them, doing psychoeducation groups with USF Masters of Social Work interns. They do an eight-week course as well to help them manage stress, anger, coping with mood, anxiety issues, transition skills, uh, medical topics, healing and recovering from trauma. We have veterans justice outreach specialists from the VA who come in there and hook them up with services when they get out. We also have people from the crisis center who come in and help those inmates that are in crisis. So there's a plethora of programs in there that, that help them get back that dignity and walk out of there with pride and 
and able to uh, be successful again. And Sheriff, I know you've been in that pod several times um, over the last month, several months. Um, when you and you you're in there, you're talking to these inmates. What do they say to you about this program? I, I, I tell you what, this is going to sound like an embellishment, but it's not. I mean, when I was in there last time, we received a letter from uh, an inmate, and obviously I remember because his name's Chad, too, and talked about him and his significant other have moved to Virginia, and, and with the counseling he got and the group therapy and everything that he attained while he was there, he's gainfully employed, has his own house, living with his significant other, and he t- said quite simply, this saved my life. Uh, I'm like, we, we all say, you know, if we could just help one person, we get it all the time. We have someone writing a book that's there right now. But you always hear like, hey, thank you. This, this helped me so much. It's the first time I felt like I belonged somewhere since I left the military. And I think it's, it's for all these reasons that uh, it, it, we deem it such a succession that it's, that it's so beneficial. Chad is just one of the dozens of, of examples of, of people that have graduated from that program, and, and right now we currently have 30 in, uh, enrolled in it. Yeah, there are 30, uh, 30 participants in there now, and, and I can tell you, echoing what the sheriff said, every time I go into that pod, one of those guys stops me and says, thank you, thank you, Sheriff Cronister, for bringing this. this. This has made a big difference in my life. Some of them have been in programs in other counties or jurisdictions, and they said, this is nothing like it. Some of them just house them. We give them the tools and skills they need to go back into our society and be successful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what's being done over there. I've been there in there myself, and it's just, it's just nice to be able to see these guys feel like they have a place that they can call home, and, and eventually they will go through the program and, and go home themselves. All part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Exactly. Um, I want to kind of get into the next uh, program that um, we're going to be highlighting today. That is the vocational training program. Uh, This was one that we attempted to open at the beginning of the year, but unfortunately because of the coronavirus, it kind of got postponed till COVID uh, had other plans. Yeah. yeah. So we had uh, what was our grand opening at the beginning of March. And then unfortunately, yep. COVID hit and uh, that kind of took a, a, different turns. So uh, Darlene, I'm going to start with you this time. This is a, a program that offers uh, welding training, automotive training, etc. Uh, what what other kinds of training is offered here at the Vocational Training Center? So it, it's just what you said, Marissa. Initially, we're going to do an automotive training. It's a teacher currently in the public schools who's doing that. There's going to be basic welding technology, learning stick. We have state-of-the-art equipment that we purchased through the inmate canteen fund and Something important to mention, there are no taxpayer dollars expended for any of these services. These are profits that are derived from the inmates buying Snickers bar at the same price you and I would buy them at the store, and the profits go back to help the inmates. So everything in there was paid for. The teachers that are going to be on site are going to be paid for through this fund, so the taxpayers aren't paying a penny for this. Yeah, this is truly inmates helping inmates. Yeah, yes. and this this facility, I, I should mentioned that it's several thousand square footage, 10,000 10, square feet of, of just an entire center where all of these trainings will take place. Uh, Sheriff, you've often talked about holistic um, healing, that sort of thing. How is this part of that process? Why was the Vocational Training Center brought here to HCSO? Yeah, a big part of our vision moving forward uh, three years ago when I became the sheriff was to to get people healthy, and we've done that in, with our, our substance abuse programs, our mental health. 
then provide them some type of education. We get that through our 43 educational programs that we have. And then I think uh, the next uh, natural course of progression is to provide them with the skill set that they can use when they get out of jail to help them towards that path of success. Basic automotive mechanic, basic forklift operator with all the different warehouses. There's a big cry and demand for forklift operators. They'll get certified in that. Basic welding, basic HVAC systems. Uh, And then again, Darlene has done a wonderful job once they complete this program to work with Career Source Tampa Bay, local trade unions, local different employers. So now we've gone from helping you heal and getting you healthy get you educated, provide you a skill set, now even to the point where you leave here with gainful employment, with how they help with interview techniques and build a resume and everything else. Again, it's just helping to truly break that cycle of recidivism. Yeah, essentially these these people that go through this program, they'll walk out with the door with a certificate in hand. They'll hopefully have had help with their resume. Um, so they'll be able to gain employment should somebody want to hire them. Absolutely. Our case managers that we hired to run this program are going to help them, like the sheriff said, build a resume, do some job searches. They're going to teach classes on life skills, which will be the employability skills, learning about how to build a resume, how to interview, doing mock interviews, um, how to dress, dealing with a difficult, difficult situation at work, angry customers, things we all deal with every day and we know not to uh, get angry with it. They'll, they'll assist with job applications and They've already networked with some employers that will help these men and women get jobs when they get out. Uh, They're also going to help them with uh, financial uh, personal money management class, learning how to write a check, learning how to open a savings account, saving their money, not going into debt, and all of that sort of thing. These are all very important life skills that anybody, any one of us should have. Absolutely. You've heard me say it a million times that everyone deserves a second chance. This is the opportunity for them, them to make the most of that next chance. And so the Vocational Training Center has yet to open, but it will open on October 5th. They're going to start with the automotive uh, mechanic training there, and then it'll progress into the welding, et cetera, et cetera. So we're excited to see that finally be put to use on October 5th. We are. We were so disappointed. We had some depressed people when we didn't open. It was mid-March, and the world changed. This was one of the first directives the sheriff gave detention when, when he became sheriff here is, I want to see these these people leave with skills so they can get jobs and not come back to jail. Yeah, we're all looking forward to seeing that. Um, One of the other programs I want to get into is our substance abuse program. It is um, the only law enforcement agency that is accredited by the Commission on Accreditation of Rehabilitation and Facilities. Darlene, what does that mean exactly? So it means we, we, it was over 2,000 standards, and it's a very high-level it shows that we have a high level of, of treatment. Our counselors in that program all really believe in what they do. They're not here to, you know, to get rich and go further here. A lot of them have been here 15. We have one who's been here 30 years. So they are a dedicated group of treatment staff. Uh, we were licensed by the Department of Children and Families to run this program. It started about 1987, so it's been a long time. They've, they changed and added accreditation just to make sure people are doing the treatment they're, they're saying they're doing. So it was, a, it was a difficult accreditation, something we weren't used to in substance abuse, having to document, and we changed some things. We, we, ele- we put a lot of things in electronic format now. But uh, we were, first try around, we were given the highest level of accreditation, three years. 
and, and Darlene's very humble. She's done a phenomenal job of of making sure that the Hillsborough County Detention Facility has the first and only state certified drug rehabilitative program. That means that our inmates who are suffering from substance abuse are getting the highest level of treatment available. And Sheriff, the, the sense that I've the theme that I've sensed here so far is that it's really just about making sure that these inmates, when they leave the walls of the jail, that their lives are better. Um, you know, no matter what service or program they take part in, is there is a wide range. Again, there's over 40 programs and services offered by the jail. Um, this is the story about getting these people's their lives better so that when they walk out, you know, they know how to, to readapt into society. Improving someone's life, providing another opportunity, and the ability to make the most of that opportunity while breaking the cycle of recidivism, keeping the crime rate low here in Hillsborough County. Um, October 1st, uh, we're talking about um, the beginning of the month here. This is the 10th anniversary, 10 years of HCSO's reentry program. It's a voluntary program for newly rele released people who can get help with jobs, housing, food stamps. Um, the case managers, they work directly with them um, and eventually do keep in touch with them. How successful has this program been for the jails? I, I think it's been extremely successful. And, and the case managers there don't just work with the inmates released from jail. They work with inmates coming out of state prison it's co-located with our reg registration unit, which per Florida statute, anybody getting out of state prison, coming back to the county has to register. We take their fingerprints, photographs. But while they're there, do you need help? Do you have housing? Do you need food stamps? Do you need us to apply for medical care? They hook them up with all that. They help them with job searches. Um, we, we have a partnership there with Northside Mental Health. They've been on site a little bit longer than that, uh, providing mental health uh, people with mental health uh, casework. Mm -hmm. We have some people who they typically try to stay in touch six months. We have one guy, the first guy who's been out, still keeps in touch with his case manager 10 years on October 1st. And that must be so fulfilling to know that like what you guys have done to help these people have improved their lives immensely to, to look back and be like, wow, all these years later, this guy is still doing really well. It does, and you, you hear from them frequently how well they're doing, and they, they keep in touch with inmates who got out of our drug programs and tell us, thank you to that treatment counselor. You made a big difference in my life. And this particular first inmate who got out, I started my career here at the sheriff's office. I've been here 30 years. Thank you, Sheriff, for letting me stay here that whole time. Are you kidding me? What a tremendous asset you are. And I, and I have to comment, there were, there were people that, that heard how great this program was and their time was up, their time served, and they were, they were to be released, and it's before we expand the program, and they couldn't get into the program, and they were begging the judges to allow them to stay in jail longer to go to them. I'm like, no, that's kidnapping. We can't keep you here. You know, we're not allowed to do that, but just to show you how wonderful the programs, and, and again, we're not going to be able to touch on them. We've been able to highlight some of the, the most impactful programs, but again, Darlene, I, I don't know how to show my gratitude for what you do if you're an inmate who, who's willing to get help, and whatever that help may be, you've touched that individual in some way, shape, or form. And, and, and on behalf of our whole community, thank you for what you do. Well, thank you. And, and this, these programs can be done with our staff. And I want to thank all of our treatment counselors, our case managers, our chaplains, our clerical staff who really care. They're not in it to, to become millionaires. They are in it to help people better their lives and 
you know, during this pandemic, pandemic, James Evans, who runs our treatment programs, they continue to do in-person treatment, social distancing, and, and, you know, as cautious as possible. We kept doing those court order classes. We met individually with inmates who needed help with reentry, and our chaplains continue to provide that counseling. So thank you to all of the program staff. Yeah, it sounds like the everybody in detention has really made the best of a, you know, a really unprecedented situ- uh, situation here in our lives, in our lifetime. Um, w- I guess one of the other questions I do want to ask, is there any way that the public can help if they want to help? I know uh, one thing that you mentioned was about a clothes closet. Um, as part of the reentry program, people can donate clothes and other items to help, you know, when these, when these people leave the walls of the jail, how can they help them? Yeah, we do have a closed closet over at our registration and reentry unit, and we will gladly accept any gently used clothing or hygiene items. We also use it for our homeless outreach deputies. They, they use clothes from there. Uh, Chaplain Lopez has been a huge provider of clothes. She's got so many connections in the community to, to bring them there. And, and I have to thank, we have over 300 volunteers in the jail. These are men and women in the community who perform religious services and and self-betterment classes for the inmates in the jail. And, you know, prior to COVID, we had over 50 religious services with about a thousand inmates signed up for them. And we hope as, as the threat lessens to bring all of them back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, A tremendous debt of gratitude. We owe those volunteers in the community. What can you do to help get involved? Uh, and, and we have so many people that do that, that provide that selfless service without compensation, knowing that they want to make their community better from donating clothes to donating their time to these programs. What, what an impact they're having on our community. And if somebody is listening, is there a particular place where they can go to sign up to volunteer? Sure, they could either get on their website, do a a public, uh, a public request through the website, or they can certainly call me. Uh, I believe my number is listed on there, but it's 247-8834, and I'll happily take their information. And, uh, you know, the more people that are helping these returning citizens succeed, the better their chances are going to be. And where's the collection point for donating clothes if someone's listening and wants to do that, darling? So that is at our reentry center, which is 1800 Orient Road. Perfect. And we'll gladly take anything. We have volunteers who sort out those clothes and make sure uh, people have the appropriate clothing to get jobs. It's an amazing service to be offered to them. Um, Sheriff, any closing remarks just about everything, all the programs, all the services um, that are offered in our, in these jail, in our jails? Uh, it's very, very gratifying to, to, to know that we're, we're being able to, again, to, to, to change, improve someone's life, provide a better opportunity, and at the same time, uh, being the, the crime fighter that, I, that I'd love to be in 29 years, knowing that we're keeping the crime rate low because we're showing them there's a different path than that criminal behavior path that they have, whether it's making them healthy, whether it's education, whether it's a vocational uh, skill set, regardless of what is faith-based, it doesn't make a difference, equipping them, for to, again, to make the most of that second opportunity. And I think that's the perfect way to leave off this episode. Thank you, Cher, for being with us. Thank you, Darlene, for being with us. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. So both, thank you both for your time. Um, I also want to let the viewers know that we do have another podcast here at HDSO. It's called Unfinished Business. It's a cold case uh, podcast where we cover um, unsolved homicides, unsolved missing persons cases. So please check that out. Um, You can just search on 
uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Please search for Unfinished Business to check out those episodes. We've got seven of them out right now, or I should say eight of them right out right now. That's our f- complete first season, so please check it out. And if you if you have any, any information about those um, those cases, to please call us at 813-247-8200. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for listening to this edition of Keeping It 100. To keep up with Team HCSO in between each episode, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HCSO Sheriff.